This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, and look who's back. It's my man, Brian Baldinger. Check out Baldy's Breakdowns, guys, and you hear him and see him on NFL Network. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. We're here with you each and every week of the NFL season. Week two has come and gone, and we've learned a little bit more about all of these teams. And, Baldy, I know that you've had a chance to check out all the games and see what really went down, not only in the trenches, but also maybe from a play-calling standpoint. So we got a lot to chop up. We're going to talk about some of the things we saw and also look ahead, guys, because we got a Thursday night game in which I don't think Saquon Barkley's playing, but he's not going to play, right? I don't think he's playing. No, he's not playing. Giants against San Francisco. Now, listen, the Giants' task to beat San Francisco's defense would have been tough with Saquon Saquon Barkley. Without him, uh, Baldy, I'm looking at this. San Francisco's a double-digit favorite right now. It's a 10-point game. They're at home. Listen, the comeback last week from Daniel Jones – was amazing. And I thought it was probably one of the funnest games we've seen so far this season. But as we talk about looking ahead to Thursday night, I just want to start there. And then I want to get some of your breakdowns and talk about some of the things you saw this week. Giants at San Francisco. Listen, San Francisco goes on the road. They handle Pittsburgh. You were there. They come back. (laughs) They did what we said they were going to do last week. They were just too much for the Rams. Baldy, I think they're too much for the Giants too here. Well, I do too. Uh, but, you know, the Giants did put up 31 points in the second half last week. And, you know, Saquon was a part of it, but Daniel Jones was a big part of it. And it's interesting. You, you could just see, without being inside the, the locker room for the Giants, you could see Wink Martindale just giving the defense like a tongue lashing. Like, this is – you're better than this. Like, let's, let's start playing. Like, they didn't change anything. They just played better. But then Brian Dable was like, he was like, you could see he was fuming. The first play of the third quarter, they come out, play action, Jalen Hyatt, you know, seven yards down the field. I mean, they flipped the field in one play, and they scored two plays later. And they were like, all of a sudden, the comeback, you could just feel it. And they just got aggressive. You know, they protected, they match protected, they got um, Waller involved, they got Jalen Hyatt. This kid can flat out scoop, you know, and so – you know, the, so the comeback was real. No Saquon, but they got this rookie. God, I'm telling you, this, they have this kid, Eric Gray, <laughs> out of Oklahoma. I mean, the story is going to – I feel like this whole story the whole year is going to be running backs. You know, I don't want to – like Nick Chubb, it's just sickening, right? Yeah. But I, it's Saquon down. I, I'm just telling you, these backs, they just keep coming. This Eric Gray, I saw him in preseason call. He could catch it. He, he, he's a good runner. He's built sturdy. Like, I think they're going to be fine at running back. Matt Breida, Eric Gray, I think they'll be fine. 
Honestly, this 49er team, though, like if you make a mistake, they make you pay. McCaffrey is out of this world. Brock Purdy doesn't make a mistake. Hasn't come close to making a mistake, Carl. Like they're just so well-rounded. Even though the Rams played great in the first half, Carl, or even through three quarters, they played as good as they could play. This Puka Nakua is, Whoa. you know, he's just a machine right now, right? He leads the league in receptions. He got targeted 20 times, Carl. He doesn't I mean, drop he, balls. Huh? He doesn't drop anything. He doesn't drop a thing. And <laughs> Stafford trusts him like he, his name is Cooper Cup. Yeah. It's like that type of trust. It's, and then they rebuilt this offense line with the Rams. And so the 49ers are like, okay, like this is, this is you know, at SoFi, it's just all 49er fans. It's a home game. But they were like, okay, we're in a dogfight here. We got to like – and the defense, like they just took the game over. They just – I mean, Fred Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and the whole group of them, man. Like they they really, really stepped up. Both safeties, uh, Gibson, uh, Hafanga, like they all stepped up. And they just shut them down and, you know, t- took over the game in the fourth quarter. And while I think the Giants can make a game out of it, I got to be honest, if you were in Arizona, Carl, got to come back to New York or whatever they did, and then play out west on a Thursday night, I'm sure they just stayed out there. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I think yeah, they did. I mean, that's, a, that's a tough turnaround. No, it is. And, you know, that's the task at hand for these guys when you talk about the Giants. And, you know, we were talking about 0-2 teams, and I just want to get a couple of breakdowns here because uh, Jason and I spent some time on, on the Bears, and he went in on the front office. And I said, this is not all Justin, but this is a quarterback league. We know that. And I want to talk about the Bears because when we talk about surprising teams being 0-2, it's not that the Bears weren't, you know, we weren't considered them to, to you know, be a, a, a juggernaut. But I'm more surprised at like the Chargers being 0-2, right? Or the Bengals with Joe Burrow. But the Bears, what's going on, Baldy? Give me a breakdown of what you see and what's happening from an offensive standpoint. Because, listen, Matt Getze, the offensive coordinator, is already getting a lot of heat about why this thing is not working. Or Luke Getze, excuse me. Luke Getze, yeah. Uh, well, so, you know, they, they they get the opening drive. They go right down the field to score. I mean, first play, play action, DJ Moore, 30-something yards. Like they're they're off and running. They put the ball in the end zone, seven nothing. Um, you know they got they got Tampa a little bit on their heels, and then they just they went dormant. And when you watch Justin, like I put two videos out yesterday. I put one out where he takes the team right down the field, one play after another, four plays in a row there in the end zone. Like looks like a great quarterback. And then I I put a video out where he's got the biggest pocket you could possibly want. He's got four wide-open receivers. The Tampa completely blows the coverage. He's got Rashawn Johnson, the rookie running back, who's a really good player, wide open. And I don't know what he's looking at, Carl. And he freezes. And hes I don't know what if he's looking at anything. And he ends up just taking a sack after holding it for about six seconds. Mm. And so you just go, like, that's not Luke Getze. You know, the, the, the play's there to be made. That's not the offense line. The line did their job. The rookie tackle was just fine. Darnell Wright was fine. Gave up one sack to Shaq Barrett. It's going to happen. But he didn't go in the tank on it. He came back and he he battled really good. Uh, the left tackle got beat once. I mean, you know, they, 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 they broke down a little bit. But it, that beca- that's not why they they look stuck in the mud. It Like at some point, Justin, there is, you do have to be consistent. 
you do have to, you know, do it series after series. Um, you're going to miss throws. Everybody's going to miss them. But there just seems to be something that's making him freeze. And I'm a Justin Field fan. But at some point, you have to call out what you see. And, and it's not it, – it's critical and it's criticism. But at the same time, it'd be like your parent with your son or your daughter going, they're better than this. Let me get the best out of them. And I feel I feel like that with Justin because I know he, he can see things. I know he can read the defense and see the field. But something's making him freeze. And it's frustrating to the receivers. You can see DJ Moore. Yeah. Like he's a good, really good player. You can see he's frustrated. And the players that are open that aren't getting the ball are frustrated. So then, you know, how long can you bottle that up before it starts coming out? It's it's starting to come out in Chicago. Baldy, uh, I have a phrase that I use, uh, and this goes for any quarterback for the most part, but when they're back there and they're they're you know in the pocket like you're breaking this down and it's out there, Baldy break Baldy's breakdowns. Make sure you check it out. I always say pull, pull, let the ball go, go. right. Go. And when you see it, and I saw this, you know, we've seen it with a variety of quarterbacks, but we were talking about this before this episode, and I was saying, you know, this is what makes Purdy so good. There's no hesitation, guys. Yeah. Go watch the 49ers offense. I know we're talking a lot about the D, and rightfully so. But pull, he doesn't hesitate, Baldy. If it's there, it's gone. And you look around the league and the quarterbacks that have success, say what you want about Tua. It's there, it's gone. He's pulling the trigger and he's making sure that, hey, I trust what I'm seeing. And Baldy, that's what you're saying to me. Justin right now is not trusting what he's seeing. And therefore, he's just holding on to it too long. And now he's trying to use his athleticism. We just saw, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Richardson get knocked out of a game on Sunday. Listen, I don't care how big or strong or athletic you are. This is the NFL. You cannot continue to run around like that before you're going to get injured. Anthony Richardson, though, played 18 plays. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, this kid, I have to talk about Anthony. First of all, the offense, the offense is fun. Like, I enjoy coming in here. And watching what they're doing, I could just imagine if they had Jonathan Taylor, oh. what this thing could look like. But this team, first of all, defensively, they're very sound. They're young players, Quiddy Pay, and some of these guys they've been drafting, they're showing up. But to watch Anthony, you know, he, so they go down and they score in the opening drive. He takes an 18 yard quarterback draw in the end zone, seven nothing. They, um, there's a turnover, they get the ball right back. And he scores again on a 15-yard touchdown run on a beautiful, you know, where he's classic play action, really shows the ball, the defense, excellent ball mechanics, ball fake, walks into the end zone. I mean, they're up, they they got 14 points on the board. The, the game's not six minutes old. This and I'm telling he doesn't hesitate when he throws. Yeah. Like, find the rookie Josh Downs, Pierce. Like he's he's so far ahead of where I thought he was going to be, Carl. Mm. Like they, they, he's he's already special to me. Like he's like somebody you know, the NFL Network got to break these games down on Friday. I'm like, if you don't break down Indianapolis and Baltimore <laughs> and compare and contrast Lamar and Anthony Richardson, you're crazy. You're you're like we have to talk about this. Like he's just he's that eye opening already. Well, he's 20, right? He's gonna be 21. 
I mean, he's played 11 games, 12 games in college. He's crazy. You would never know it. You would never know it, Carl. The way the poise, the confidence, the throwing, like somebody has worked with him. Mm. Like he, you, I can show you the highlights of Florida. We all watched him. And then you can also show the, the bad things that you saw. Ball sailing over guys' heads, 50%. You just don't see that right now. Well, you're talking about special players. It's in the and huddle, guys. By the way, Carl, like, not to interrupt, but like, we need these young guys to be good. Yes, we, we do. We have to. Like, you we get do. bad quarterback play in this league, it's unwatchable. Yeah. Like, it's just a punt and penalties. I agree. Uh, the young stars, the up and coming young stars is what makes the league the league. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, there are certain expectations for the guys who've done it. But I'm I'm happy for Anthony Richardson. I really am because everybody said, oh, he's not ready. They're, you know, he shouldn't go in the draft. And he has been focused. Remember this, guys. He wrote a letter to every general manager before the draft. And he said, no one's going to work harder than I am. I'm committed to this. I thought that was a huge move to just kind of show his maturity at, 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 you know, 19, 20 years old. But um, as you talk about special players, and I was going to say it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends. We're here every week. We talk about all things NFL. We get the breakdowns, and uh, we go inside of, of the league. Also, in the huddle pod, in the huddle pod on YouTube. I was going to say special players, and then we'll talk some more about this week, Baldy. Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is special. Yeah. And I know that you have uh, had a chance to check out how the Falcons won on Sunday and what a big role he played. But what are you seeing? Like, it's easy for me to sit here and say that. Tell me what you're seeing. Well, um, I remember when uh, at the Combine. So me and LaDainian Tomlinson are doing the show around the Combine, and it's the running back. So LT's part of the show that day. We're looking at them all. And um, and I asked I asked LT I go what do you, what do you think he's going to run He goes I think he's going to and he just pulls a number out of the air four four six you know at two hundred twenty two hundred eighteen pounds whatever and he ran a four four six I mean LT was spot on so I said who's he remind you of? He said honestly Baldy reminds you of me <laughs> and he looks like LT mm. like the guy just makes people miss left and right like in the hole. And then, like, when he's going through the hole, if he has to jump over somebody because there's just somebody on the ground, it jumps over. Then he's lining up in the slot, and he's running a receiver. Like, like he's running a route like he's a slot receiver. Then he's coming in ghost motion, and they're swinging the ball to him on the outside, and he's got a full head of steam. He's just turned the corner. I mean, you can line him up anywhere, and he looks like he's the best at that position. Right. Carl, like, I mean, he looks like, I mean, if you said, okay, McCaffrey, okay, yeah, probably faster than McCaffrey. Like, he is every bit of that already. Like, he is, then, you know, you're going to get, like, you can put him and Tyler Algier on the field together. So, he's starting to see some of that. Yeah. You know, and then it's it's fourth down, and they could, it's, it was a fourth down, Carl, they had, they, they could have kicked the field goal. Yes. And they forward to get closer. Correct. So, okay. So it was a big deal, and Arthur Smith had to come out and sort of explain himself. Like, it's fourth down, you're in field goal range, go win the game. It's 24-22, but they've got Bijan. So they put him, like, off, like, a little bit wider than the running back would, and Ritter just pushes the ball to him. And Green Bay comes, and they, like, they penetrate. Like, it looks like it could be ugly, Carl. Like, they could just screw it up right here. 
And a tackle for loss, it's Atlanta's, you know, Green Bay's ball, they lose the game. Except Bijan makes Darnell Savage miss right in the hole and goes for four or five or six yards, whatever, and gets it closer for the field goal. I, I mean, I don't like I'd have a hard time explaining that to Arthur Blank. <laughs> I'd have a hard time in that meeting with Arthur. But they've got a special player. Yeah. And that to me, that play alone, in fact, I might go put that play out. That play alone kind of tells you the confidence that everybody has. And then you could just say, this is one other thing. It's actually fascinating, Carl. They run this play to the left, like a just basically a toss sweep. And the right guard is Chris Lindstrom. And Chris Lindstrom, I'm telling you, probably ran faster than he's ever ran in his life to get to the offside linebacker, uh, Devon Cam, uh, Devondre Campbell. And he gets there. And I go, you know, sometimes great players just make everybody else play better. better, better. Like they want Drake London wants to block down the field. Chris Lindstrom wants to get to the other side of the field. Like you can feel yeah. they know they've got it. Like I, I blocked for Eric Dickerson and Tony Dorsett. And I, that's how I felt when I, like, we didn't know they were hall of fame players when they were playing, but we knew they were special. And that's, that's kind of what you're seeing in Atlanta right now. It's a great point, Baldy. And, and you know, great running backs, you know, this elevate even an average offensive yeah. line. Like, you can say, oh, these guys are not that good. But when you're able to make guys miss and you're picking up those extra yards, the offensive line all of a sudden looks a lot better. (laughs) Well, they they make average guys like myself (laughs) and a bunch of other people look like we belong in the league. Like, they they rescue us when we don't really do our job very well. And that's what you're seeing from them. And then you can just tell that there's a growing love affair around Bijan. Because the quarterback's got some – like, I'm not sold completely – you know, but Bijan makes everything else look really, really good. That was a great – because Green Bay is a good football team. They're yeah. a lot better than when people think. That's a good win for Atlanta right there. Uh, yeah, and Green Bay at home against New Orleans this weekend. I, I agree. I'll share this quick story. Uh, when the play call was made, Bijan said they came into the huddle and Jake Matthews said, we're going to get this. And Bijan said he was so excited because he knew the play call was for him. And then he was like, we're going to get this. And so he said guys were just galvanized that coach called the play and that they were going to go for it under the circumstances. And then he said, you know, everybody's in the huddle. And Jake's like, look, we're about to get this. So I've never – Carl, I've been doing this thing and you've been doing this thing for our whole lives. I've never seen a coach make that decision on fourth down. (laughs) Never. Like, okay, I can see that if you're at the 50 and you got to get – you're in field goal range though. Yeah. You're in plenty of good range to make that kick and to to do that. You only do that if you just have a player that you just you just have a special, unique uh, talent like him. Baldy, let's talk about some of these games this week, my man. Um, somebody is going to be 0-3, and somebody is going to be 3-0 in Miami. Denver goes to Miami. Now, we spent a lot of time this offseason talking about Sean Payton, we, we believe that he is one of the great coaches. Could he change things there? You know, Baldy, we talk about this, right? In this league, my fingers, it's close. Like, Denver was close last week. They got an amazing Hail Mary. But let's break this down because I'm watching the Dolphins. Tell me if I'm wrong. They look like the best team in the AFC. Now, I know we're two weeks in, but I don't see Denver going on the road and beating Tua and company in Miami and being able to slow down those receivers and if Denver goes 0-3, you 
you know, here we go again. Here we are talking about, okay, we thought this was going to be different, and it doesn't look different. Well, it's got to be frustrating. I mean, because Russell Wilson played well. He played well in the game, and they came up short. But he turned the ball over twice, and one of them was just a bizarre fumble, you know, where I don't know what he's trying to do with the ball. I mean, you know, this is a 10-year veteran. He's putting the ball out there like this, and, you know, Washington is – like it, it, it was, it was really kind of weird to watch. You know some of the some of the decisions, but they're not very good on the offensive line. Russell's had to do a lot of Russell magic. You know they they're they're getting some play from some young kids. Brandon Johnson, you know, caught the Hail Mary pass, caught another touchdown pass. Um, you know they're they're you know Marvin Mims, a rookie at Oklahoma, like he's. Like they jumped all, you know, they jumped up in that game and then they couldn't hold on. And so you go, well, defensively, who are they and what are they doing? And because if you go to Miami and you go up against that offense, like two, like, look, last week the Patriots did what Patriots do. Like, okay, Tyreek Hill, five catches, 40 yards. Right. They got a, a, like an incredible corner in Christian Gonzalez. Like they're just throwing a lid on people. But it's hard to do that every week, you know, against Miami because you want to do that. Raheem Mostert goes for forty-three and rips off a long run when you're sitting back there just trying to, you know, make sure the ball doesn't go over your head. Like you, like Mike McDaniel is good enough, really creative enough to know. Okay, you want to take the deep shots away from Waddle and Tyreek. We're probably going to run the ball down your throat, and that's what they ended up doing. So, pick your poison. Um, Miami looks. Well coached right now, Carl. They really do. This that that could be a long, you know, flight home if they can't find a way to win that game. So, um, boy, I tell you, and I, I you wonder what kind of pressure that's going to bring. Now, listen, Sean Payton's not under pressure, but I think that the bigger picture here is: does he feel like Russell can get them over the top? There's still a lot of money invested there, and then you start talking about. If this continues and they're on their way to a losing season potentially, and it's way early, but starting zero three, we know Baldy is an uphill battle. Um, and then you start to wonder: Does Peyton, in the back of his mind, say, "Okay, I am now back in the quarterback business as they move forward"? And that's going to be one of those questions that we'll have to wait and see. Um, I want to ask you about the Steelers because Sunday night they go to Vegas. Sunday night, Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. Boy, I love T.J. Watt. And I loved his brother. Listen, I was in Houston when J.J. Watt was drafted, okay? They booed him because they knew nothing about J.J. Watt. True story. J.J. Watt comes off the board. We're there. Draft room, Houston Texans select. Boo! People are going crazy, okay? And now he's beloved by that city after spending time there, doing all the things he did, and obviously off the field as well with his charitable Mm -hmm. uh, things that he did. But T.J., I said this to Jason. Baldy, I think he's better. On the field, I think he's better than J.J. Well, you just think about the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? The Super Bowls, dominant team of the 70s. Like, just that organization. You know, he's the all-time sack leader. He's he's just starting his seventh season. And he missed most of last year. He's already their sack leader now. T.J. is getting help like this Alex Highsmith obviously you saw that you know first play of the game interception pick six you saw another play late in the game where Highsmith gets to the quarterback and balls out and here goes TJ for a touchdown um he's getting help from the other side 
And together, Highsmith and TJ, I believe, is the best tandem of outside linebackers in this league. They're both capable of 15-plus sacks mm. and game-changing type plays. And then you add in a Marcus Golden, a, a, a young Nick Herbig, like they, they can get to the quarterback. Um, the offense looks dreadful right now, Carl. It just looks – outside of George Pickens, um, it looks dreadful. And, you know, they're what, calling to Matt Canada. Huh? What's going on? What's going on there? Well, is it, is it Pickett not seeing it or is it the run game? Because I know Na- Najee seems a little bit frustrated, too. Oh, he should be frustrated. I mean, they can't score from the goal line, you know, right now. They couldn't get a yard. Um, he's getting stuffed. Uh, they, they're, the, the offense line has not come together yet. They've got a new left guard. The left tackle beat out the rookie, you know, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Um, they're not playing well up front. The tight ends can't block their shadows. Um, they got tight ends out there in the field. They're all Darnell Washington. He's a rookie. Uh, he's got to learn this thing. He's big, but it doesn't matter. Like he's, he's playing way too high. He's getting pushed around. They're, they're not blocking well in front, but Kenny Pickett, <clears throat> when he does get time, like he's not hitting the moving target, Carl, like you got to go to the state fair and you got to knock those milk cartons down. You, know? like, <clears throat> well, you can't miss them. And he's missing throws. And that's, that's, a, that's two weeks in a row now. Where when he gets a chance to hit a, you know, a moving target slant, like he's not doing it, and the tight ends aren't involved. Fryermuth is not involved. Um, outside of George Pickens, you know, the ball goes to Jalen Warren, the running back out of the backfield, or the Pickens, and that looks like they're only two targets. Like they're, you know, they were called for Matt Canada in that stadium on Sunday night mm. or Monday night, I guess. Um, they were calling for him, and he's under the microscope. And I'm not saying it's Matt Canada. He can't design offense, but the quarterback's got to execute too. And that's that's a concern because they've been giving him the keys to Kenny Pickett, and he's got to raise his level of performance right now. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, we got to talk about the Jets. I mean, listen, it's we know the circumstances. But speaking of New England, they are 0-2. They play in the Meadowlands against the Jets Sunday, 1 o'clock window. And I just, listen, I, why did I have the confidence I did in Zach Wilson when I'm watching Hard Knocks? Maybe because it was Hard Knocks and it was BS. And I'm having confidence like, oh, the kid's going to get better. And then, boom, he gets thrown into the fire, Baldy. He's not seeing anything. Like the, the shot with, with Garrett uh, that they hit against the Cowboys, beautiful play. But then I felt like the rest of the game he was running for his life and he just he's just, you know, like, I don't know what's going on there. And can the Jets win with him? I don't think they can. I don't – I have major questions. It's, you know, and really, if, if – like the way the offensive line played last week against Dallas, like I don't know if Aaron Rodgers was there if it would make any difference. Um, there's – it's just a frenetic style that you can't you can't win with. Like, first of all, you're not going to – nobody's going to stay healthy running around with Micah Parsons, you know, chasing you the way he was chasing him. You know, I mean, he sacked him on the third play of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't Zach Wilson's fault. I mean, they came on a twist stunt and they didn't pick it up. And Micah's just being Micah, you know, like he's going to go, he's going to hit these quarterbacks. And if you hold the ball or you're running, like he's going to suck you up real fast. Uh, the offense line, like Makai Becton was terrible. I don't think he can play right tackle. I don't think Dwayne Brown at age 38 or 39 can play left tackle anymore. You've known Dwayne from his days in Houston. Yep. He's been a great player in this league. 
He's coming off major shoulder surgery. He had no offseason, no training camp, and he looks like it. And he looks 38 right now. Yep. And so you just go, what are they going to do? That, you know, like you can do, So they, they have major questions up front. And so then the running back gets super, you know, they get super frustrated. Brees Hall doesn't get any balls and, you know, he can't get a running game going. Defensively, um, like, like Sauce Gardner drops a pick six. They take the lead if he, if he does his job right there. They have a fumble early in the first quarter, and it's on the ground, and the center, 30 yards down the field, recovers it. Like, the defense has to kind of man up, too, and go, we got to take the we, – we have to help the offense out more than we are. And so, uh, you know, they had a chance for two takeaways in that first half that could have really helped them stay in the game and make it a game. Instead, you know, the thing just got away from them. But, you know, the Patriots, like, they're not without their um, baubles either. Like, they have no explosive element to their offense. The biggest play they made all day last week, Carl, was an 18-yard scramble by Mac Jones. Mm. They didn't have no explosive play. They were 0 for 6 trying to get the ball down the field against the Dolphins. They were 0 for 6 with an interception, um, you know, by Xavier Howard. So, like they they can't get the ball down the field, and if you turn it over like they did um, on two occasions, a fumble by Zeke and an interception, like they're just not going to beat teams, even though they were in the game a little bit. I mean, it's twenty four to ten fourth quarter, Carl. It didn't look like they were going to come back. Like that offense looks just it looks like you should be watching it in black and white. You know, it just looks like they're stuck <laughs> in is. some other era right now. It's going to be tough. They're playing a kid at left tackle that's never played before. Like, they can't get healthy up front where they can at least protect their quarterback and and get, you know, Ramondre Stevenson averaged over five yards a carry last year, Carl. He's averaging 2.3 yards a carry this year in two games. Like, they just don't look like a talented team. I'm not saying they're not well coached. They do some things really well. But they don't look talented to me. Christian Gonzalez looks like a star. Like the kid had an interception. Looks like something Ed Reed would have done. Right. You know, getting two to throw the ball down the field and then going to pick it. Um, they they got s- some talented players, but they don't look talented. It's a it's a great way to put it. Um, it is in the huddle, guys. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you as we look ahead to week three. While we're talking about the Cowboys, I just want to point this out. They've given up 10 points in two weeks. I think it's the best defense in the league, and I know we've talked about the 49ers and the Eagles, and it's a long way to go. And if you want to go 1, 1A, whatever you want to do. But you saw Micah in the offseason. We talked about how he was on a mission, and I've been saying this. He's on a mission. And then he reveals, by the way, and I got to tell you guys who check out this podcast every week, and we hope you do and tell your friends, my buddy Brian Baldinger said, hey, don't be surprised if you see this guy on offense at some point in the season, okay? You said this a few weeks back. He just revealed that he's been getting reps at tight end at practice, okay? Mm-hmm. So it may be coming. We don't know when they're going to pull that bag out, but it may be coming. But, Baldy, talk about the Cowboys' defense. It's more than Micah. He's the guy that stirs the drink. But the defense across the board is really solid. Lawrence, Van Der Esch, what they've done in the secondary, this is a solid defense. Well, not just that, but they have seven takeaways in two games, Carl. Unbelievable. Now, they led the league in takeaways last year. No team has led the league in takeaways 
since the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s, Carl. Steel like it's curtain. gone 50 years, 50 years since a team has gone back-to-back years leading the league in takeaways. That was a steel curtain, right? That's the steel curtain, Carl. Okay. Like, okay. Now, I'm not comparing the Cowboys to steel curtain. It's two games. I'm not doing it. I'm not comparing them to Doomsday. Okay. <laughs> I've mentioned Doomsday yeah. with this defense. Here's the, you know, the, the question mark is if they're in a dogfight with, you know, in its fourth quarter and a team can stay balanced, they're not down 40 to nothing. They're not down 30 to 10, you know, the way the Jets and Giants have been. Like, can they hold up against a team that can really run the ball? Like that, 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 that test might come against the Eagles, you know, you know, a team that really loves to run it. Like I got to see if they could do that, but their speed, like they're doing this without their starting safety, Donovan Wilson, like they, they've got some guys that are out, but you know, we talk about Micah, but you know, you look at J Ron curse, you look mm-hmm. at Stefan Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs, like you go across the board, Malik hooker. Remember he was the first round pick yeah. of Indianapolis. It didn't work out there. But it's not that he's not talented. The guy's got range. He's got ball skills. You look at Leighton Van Der Esch, you know, he's had those neck issues. He's healthy. Um, you look at Mozzie Smith on, you know, third and one, just stuffing the play um, right over the center. You know, they, like you go man-to-man-to-man across the board. You know, there's, you know, at one point, Tank Lawrence was a $100 million player. He's healthy and playing his butt off right now. You could just go, man, like, you can just go across the board. This Odigazua in his third year now, he came in with, with Micah. Like, he's an impactful player at defensive tackle right now. And then Dan Quinn sits upstairs in that box, and he's just got this play sheet. And here comes this twist up. Here comes this overload. Like, they're attacking you with speed everywhere and really great players across the board. I mean, they're number one in this league in takeaways, number one in defense, number one in offense. It's two weeks. Right. Against, you know, questionable New York teams right now. A lot of football to be played. But uh, take the takeaway thing, though. And Dion told me this a long time ago. He said, look, you're never a great defense until you're a scoring defense. Mm. And their defense is scoring right now. Yeah, it's it's impressive. Uh, And we'll see what happens against the Cardinals on Sunday. You see the over-under, 43-and-a-half. That means they feel like the Cowboys are going to hold the Cardinals down to 20 points easily uh, in that game. All right, we got two Monday night games, Baldy. And and by the way, tell the people what game you're calling this week. Yeah, well, I'm going up to Minnesota. You know, the 0-2 Vikings, 0-2 Chargers. When my schedule came out, you know, we thought these were two playoff teams and this would be a heck of a battle. And now it's really a battle to see which team, you know, pulls himself out of an early crypt. Yep. You know, and because one of these teams is going to be 0-3. And, you know, both quarterbacks have played well. Here's what I'll say. Kirk Cousins, like, he's played really well. He leads the league with six touchdown passes. You know, you, you just – Jordan Addison looks like a good complement to Justin Jefferson. Defensively, they're not very good. And the Chargers defensively, they just make you scratch your head. But I'll say this about Justin Herbert. Like, they got the ball at the end of the game with a chance to go win the game. Um, they go three and out in overtime, three and out in overtime. It's the worst looking 48 second series that I've, I've seen all year. Three straight incompletions. It's terrible. At some point, Justin is a good enough athlete. Sometimes if you don't like what you see, pull the ball down and go run. Go get the first down. We see too many guys do it. 
Yeah. I saw Mac Jones do it. We see all these guys, you know, like you want to like, if you don't like what you see and they're taking, you know, Keenan Allen away or whatever it is, like go make something happen. And he has yet to do that, Carl. And I like, I, I'm not here to criticize Justin Herbert, but I see these quarterbacks go, okay, I, I'll just do it myself. Like become the dual threat guy, make them defend you. I saw him win the Rose Bowl MVP running for touchdowns. Yes, he did. Like he's got that ability. And I think at some point, quarterbacks got to just put it in their own hands sometimes. Just go, all right, you're going to take that away. I'm going to go make you – like these guys, you, you, you've got to go do that sometimes. All right, Baldy, before we get out of here, two Monday night games again, guys. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us in the huddle pod on YouTube. And uh, Philly at Tampa, two 2-0 teams. And then you got the Chargers – or excuse me, the Rams at uh, the Bengals. Philly, you tell me. The A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts thing, what, is it a big deal? No deal. Big deal? No deal. Well, it's a big deal when he doesn't get the ball because he makes it a big deal. You know, this is not the first time this thing has happened. Now, it's not like Jalen's not trying to get him the ball. He's, what, he's his best friend. Right. You know, like, but if Devontae's open, Devontae's getting the ball. You know, and it's not like they're not taking these shots to AJ. They are taking shots. They're not completing them. So, you know, I think it's a big deal until – because it, it's going to happen again. Now, Tampa's playing great defense. They're taking the ball away. Uh, the Eagles are not getting the ball down the field with any regularity. I think Jalen is taking off too early. Um, this is a good test to find out where the Eagles are at because Tampa's playing great defense across – Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, pick a guy, Devin White, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., they're playing great. And Baker is throwing the ball to both Godwin and Evans on timing. And the Eagles have major question marks in the secondary right now. They've got a lot of injuries. So the question becomes, can the Eagles' defensive front, with Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis all playing better, um, can they affect Baker Mayfield and force him into turnovers? Because if they don't, Tampa could shock the Eagles in this game. Yeah, Baker's not turning it over. You're absolutely right. He's been a pleasant surprise. They are a five-point underdog on the, on, at home, though, against the Eagles. Last but not least, um, Rams, you talked about it earlier, this wide receiver and the fact that Stafford trusts him. I just I keep saying to myself, I can't see the Bengals going 0-3. But if Burrow's not healthy, they could easily go 0-3. No question. And don't like I said this after week one. I I challenge any analyst in this business, Carl, to tell me who those starting defensive players are for the Rams. Because a lot of people don't know who, you know, some of these guys are. And they're making they're making good plays and they're keeping them in games. And it's it's way more than Aaron Donald and Ernest Jones and like some guys that you might know, but there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of players in that defense that are play really hard, that have been drafted. They're young players, um, but they're you know they're 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 playing the game the right way. And then offensively, they've rebuilt their offensive line, and so you watch them play. Kyron Williams is a good player, and mm. you know uh, Steve Avila is an excellent left guard, and No Booms at right guard, and. You know, like they and, and Alaric Jackson has played well at left tackle. Like Cincinnati, if they're not careful and if Joe Burrow isn't healthy, they could easily be 0 3 because the Rams 
are this Puka Nakua and this Tutu Atwell, like these young receivers, <laughs> it sure looks like Matt Stafford trusts these kids to go make a lot of plays. It's going to be fun, man. Week three is here, guys. Thursday night football, and then we get into a full slate of games on Sunday. Baldy's uh, at the Minnesota game, as he talked about. Uh, We've got a lot to see uh, on, on Sunday and certainly Monday to see what happens in week three. We're back with you guys next week to talk about everything that's happening around the NFL. And remember now, these teams that go 0-3, all right, the coaching hot seat gets a little bit hotter as you start the season. And, guys, we know this. In the NFL, guys get fired sometimes in season. We'll see, you know, if that starts to build for some of these teams that might go 0-3. And and for some surprise teams that go 3-0, Baldy and I will be back talking about, you know, how how surprised we are about it. Baldy, man, have a great call and uh, enjoy the game. Make sure you check out Baldy's Breakdowns, guys. Follow him. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. Follow this show in the huddle. We'll talk to you guys next week. Everybody have a great weekend. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 